You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Hey, welcome everybody to the 146th episode of the Pimp Cron Warhammer Podcast, and it's brought to you by my beautiful Patreon patrons and GameMat.eu. We've been going on strong for almost two years yet, and I keep meaning to do an actual episode about the statistics of my listeners and where they come from and all that, but I'm going to wait a little longer until we're closer to the two-year mark and see with that, you know, if I can fit that in. Um, lately, I've had a lot to say on the podcast, like tonight, I cover the new Revenant tree flute person for Sylvaneth as a want that or want that not. And the other thing, there's only two segments tonight because the real talk goes on for quite a while. And it is my, um, not a review of the Soulblight Gravelords because it's not that specific, but it is an overall disappointment in the way they have produce this book and the lack of options in it and things like that. So it is from a game design standpoint more than a, oh man, this unit's so OP. Not like that, because nobody cares about that in a year or two years or whenever the next Codex comes out. Nobody is ever going to go back and listen to an old Codex review, and I want timeless material. So that's what we're talking about tonight. Um, What have I been up to? Well, in my meager free time... What have I been doing? I painted up some Sesame Street characters for Brutality, and uh, that was a lot of fun. I've got uh, Bert and Ernie as a white and black mage on the same base. They're going to be just one model, count as one model. I've got Cookie Monster with blood all over his mouth and hands. I took an owl bear and made it a big bird. And I've got a Kermit with a chainsaw. I made Miss Piggy holding two pistols. And I've got Elmo as an archer. So I used Heroclix for almost all of these, and I green stuffed for the first time in my life, really tried to green stuff these faces, and by golly, I think I pretty much nailed it, especially for a first time. The colors are well matched, the characters look like the way they should look, and I'm pretty darn happy with it. So, um, what else? I gotta find out a basing scheme for that, and... That's more or less all I've done. I played a game of Age of Sigmar with Mr. James, and I tried the Soul Blight Grave Lords. I own a hundred zombies, so I decided, you know what, I'm gonna try an all zombie army with some other stuff, cause whatever. I'll talk about it in the main com- main section, but um, it was predominantly a zombie themed army, and uh, wasn't real thrilled. It found it seemed very tedious. Number one, I personally hate horde armies because I hate moving a ton of models. So I knew what I was getting into there. But it just so happened that James also took uh, a weird backdoor horde army. And what do I mean by that is he took Disciples of Zinch and just for fun, he's like, you know what? I'm going to bring 50 pink horrors. <laughs> And so his pink horrors and my zombies clashed in the middle of the board and then they just ground each other forever. Like it was a middle school dance. That's how hard they ground on each other. The um, zombies kept dying and coming back and the pink horrors kept dying and making blue horrors and then they died and made brimstone horrors. So we basically, I think two units in the whole game were killed. That was it. It was like, very uneventful, and it was incredibly boring. Come about turn three, 
when it was just, I slap him, he dies and breaks into two. He slaps me, I die and then come back. It's like, oh, wow, this is fantastic. So it was a very, very boring game uh, halfway through it. And what else? I tried, oh, I teamed up with my friend Josh this week at the club and played uh, Stormcast, teamed up Stormcast versus Disciples of Zinch and uh, Just James teamed up with our friend TJ and uh, Disciples of Zinch and the new Soulblight Gravelords. And the Stormcast, we got our butts kicked. Um, I think partially it was a lack of mobility. And also partially, I was dead set on bringing my favorite unit in the entire army, which is a 10-man unit of Retributors. And they did come down, and they did smash the crap out of James's half of the army. I mean, I probably killed half of his points. I probably killed 500 points um, in one combat. I killed two full squads of Acolytes, and a Sorcerer on a disc, and a Cast Spawn in one combat. So they, they do crazy amount of damage but the problem is they're very expensive and they only move four inches so by the time i smashed all that it was nice to reduce a lot of the enemy firepower but then my guys are just like limping across the battlefield and it i'm still questioning whether or not that was the best tactical choice he i did seriously cripple james but they still had enough area cover with uh, tj zombies and all that we really couldn't stop them um, also did not help Josh was rolling pretty atrocious. He had three ballistas because he likes to take all ranged Stormcast and I take all melee Stormcast and we team up just because that's what we like to do. And he took three ballistas and there were several u- turns where his three ballistas just did nothing. And uh, that was that was fun. So that new centaur bat person, TJ, kicked the crap out of us. We got him down to one hit point. And then he was, I don't know, practically fully healed by the end of the game because he kept healing and healing and healing. So that's kind of funny. So anyway, that's uh, about it. I don't think I've actually painted on anything except for my Sesame Street characters. And uh, that's about it. So let's get on with the first segment. Want that or want that not? On this edition of Want That or Want uh, That, b- b- oh, sorry, I swallowed my tongue for a minute. On Want That or Want That Not, we have the War Song Revenant that is coming out for Sylvaneth. And if you've seen this guy, girl, I don't know what it is, but uh, it is a giant Sylvaneth person. It's actually quite large. It's deceptively large. In real life, I've been told it's almost the size of a tree lord, which is pretty awesome. And it's got some pretty decent abilities, I think. It's interesting and slightly confusing why we're just suddenly getting a Sylvaneth hero, like, out of the blue, not related to anything at all. It's almost like they had it sitting on the shelf and they're like, oh, wow, we better sell this thing. And that's what they did. So it's essentially, oh, it's a guy. Uh, this guy's got a really cool, leafy, it looks like lettuce cape, which is really neat. And there is a plant beneath him, and uh, he's elevated like he's floating or jumping. And the plant beneath him has all these, like, briars and stuff. It's very cool. He's got this really neat, giant, I don't know, tiara? It's like branches coming out of his back. And each one of those branches has an egg at the end of it. And these eggs are all in various stages of hatching, 
and the one right in the center is the largest, and it just broke open, and it's got this bug inside it. Very neat. He's got this, like, flute-slash-horn thing, and his hair's going everywhere. Very, very cool-looking model. So, he looks just like the Revenants, the Tree Revenants and the Spite Revenants. Well, actually, he looks like the Tree Revenants. He's got the long hair. And I think this... This model's really cool looking. It's got quite a bit of motion to it. It's very unique. There's no way you're going to find an STL for a model like this. It's just so strange. And I think that's what GW's been doing a really good job at, is they've been doing very strange models where you just can't find them anywhere else. It's not your typical elf or whatever. So I am still confused why we're getting this nowhere near a Codex release or nowhere near anything else, but... I'm not going to look the um, the old Games Workshop horse in the mouth. No, sir. That's not the Pimpcron. Now, this character, he's seven wounds. He's got a five-up save. He's got a four-up feel no pain, which is fantastic. And he's $55. Um, that falls in the territory of 100% want that for me. His magic spell is okay. Um, I actually did look at his powers. And they're fine. I mean, I, I don't think he's really a combat monster per se. He's like five attacks, threes and threes, minus one, two damage, I think. And, uh, you know, that's fine. And uh, he lowers the bravery of people near him, and he increases your bravery. And uh, it's just just a neat model. And to be honest, Sylvanath feels like it's very, very lacking in unit choice. Um, that's the same reason why I sold my um, Fire Slayer army, is there was no unit choice. And um, that's why I take so many multiples of Tree Revenants and stuff in my Sylvanath army, because... I just, there's not much to look at, to be honest. They've, once again, the GW model has been, oh, here's 12 heroes and four units for them to command. Um, so having the Warsong Revenant is definitely a welcome addition to Sylvanath because it's he's, he's pretty cool. Um, I don't think he's named in any way, so um, you could take more than one of them. 55 bucks, I mean, it's a bit of an ask, but he's on at least a 60 millimeter base, if not larger than that. And he's quite tall. So, plus with a 5-up and a 4-up feel no pain, not too shabby. Plus, he's a wizard, so he can take on other Sylvanath spells, too. Not too shabby. So, that is definitely, I want that for me. And matter of fact, I think I'm going to contact my store owner right now and say, hey, grab me the Warsong Revenant, because that will, painting this guy up will get me back into Sylvanath. That'll be exciting. All right, so it's definitely want that for me. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pimpcron. Hey, everybody, it's time for the... T- it's not the Test Rack mailbox. My chair is squeaking. Oh, this has started off wrong, hasn't it? It's time for the Real Talk with the Pimpcron, and I'll try not to... make my chair squeak. All right, so... I think you probably know what I'm talking about because I mentioned it earlier in the show in the intro and it's more or less in the title. But I recently bought the Soul Blight Gravelords Codex and I already have the army so I really didn't have to buy anything except for the new person centaur bat thing. Whatever their name is, I forgot. But the point is is that, oh, it's a Luca Vi or the Vengorian Lord. That's the generic version. It's the Centaur Bat Person. So there is good and there is bad about this codex. And no, this is not a codex review because you know I like timeless material. I want you to be able to listen to this codex, 
two years or ten years or maybe a million years from now and still be able to get something from it. As opposed to, oh wow, look, this is the new ability, blah blah blah, and knowing GW in six months this codec is, codex is going to be A, FAQ to Oblivion, and B, probably a new codex is out like Lumineth Realm Lords. So, what am I going to talk about tonight? Well, my complaints about this codex have kind of soured me to the point where I'm actually going to sell off this army. Now, a little bit of um, history with me in, in the Vampire uh, Counts army and the Legions of Nagash army and now the Soulblight Gravelords army is that I have always been in love with the dark stuff, the evil stuff, the zombies, the vampires, the werewolves, all that stuff, ghosts and ghouls and all that. So back when I was in 5th edition 40k, I decided there was, a, there was a couple people in our gaming group that played Warhammer Fantasy Battles, and I was like, you know what, I think I need to get into this game simply because I want a vampire army. So I bought a vampire army online, like already painted and everything, it's a fully painted huge army. And I got playing it, and it didn't, it didn't really occur to me at first, but Vampire Counts Army, to be a... To have the word vampire counts in the name, there were shockingly few vampires. <laughs> so you've got your... Actually, at the time, I don't even think they had the Coven Throne or the uh, Blood Palanquin or things like that. But at the time, you had vampires, and that was basically it. Vampire Lord. And then, of course, you had the named people, the Von Karsteins and all that. And then you had one unit in the entire army that was actually fighting vampires that wasn't a hero. And that was the Blood Knights. So, fast forward a literal decade. And, um, well, actually, before we fast forward, I ended up selling that army to a friend because I decided, you know what, I want more vampires in my life. I didn't really get into vampire counts to have zombies and skeletons necessarily. I, I mostly wanted vampires. And come to find out that was not a thing you could do. So after like six months of playing a few games of it, I was like, ah, screw this. And I sold it to a friend. Well, Age of Sigmar comes around many years later. And my friend ends up getting out of Warhammer altogether. And I ended up buying that Vampire Count's army back from him at the same price, more or less, that I sold it to him. And he had added several units and painted them and all that. So it was a pretty good deal for me. But... Uh, I didn't play them a whole lot until Legions of Gash came out. I got to play them, and once again, it just it's basically the same thing. It's it's one vampire and then a bunch of random stuff, whether it be dire wolves or hex wraiths or spirit hosts or whatever for Legions of Gash. So when I heard, I'm sure you've heard me say this on the podcast. When I heard that there was actually a vampire counts soul blight grave lords codex coming out, I thought. Oh my gosh, this is our time to shine. I was so excited about this army. Now, admittedly, I don't follow the rumors. I don't follow the leaks. I, I kind of don't care about any of that stuff. So I was not really in the loop. All I knew is that we were getting a lot of new models and that the leaders, you know, the um, Luca, whatever her name is, the centaur bat person, um, we were getting her and things like that. I was pretty excited. So I bought this book. 
And, um, oh, I also bought Curse City. I bought Curse City because I was like, oh, man, they've got all these vampire-themed things, and, and I'm definitely going to be able to use these in my army. Because I figured, obviously, why would they not do that? Would, what, are they stupid? So, I bought Cur Cursed City, and I was really excited to use those vampires. Um, I don't even remember what they're called. I'll have to look in this book for it. But it's the three vampires on the pillars, and they're like an elite glass cannon unit sort of thing. They're called uh, Virkos Bloodborne. And they look awesome. They're like, you know, a six-up save, but they're three wounds, and they got to feel no pain, and they do D3 damage, and... They remind me very much of like a Dark Eldar unit because they're not durable in any sense of the word, but they're an elite unit. And I was like, oh man, this is what's to come for the Soul Blight Gravelords Codex. I'm so freaking excited. <sighs> so this whole story of this Codex is what not to do for a Codex, in my opinion. Now, this is not a terrible Codex. The whole thing is not garbage. More or less, a lot of it is kind of the same from what it was in Legions and Agash. As far as stats and stuff, I'm not really going to get into that because that's more of a codex review and I'm really not that concerned with stats and whatnot. Um, most of the units are more or less the same exact thing that they were before with like the same save and the same number of attacks and all that. A couple of them dropped one ability to gain another ability and that's kind of kind of a wash, like whatever. Um, this book, the main problem I have with it is number one, this is like a poor man's Cities of Sigmar. And the reason why I say that is that Cities of Sigmar, as I'm sure you know, is a soup codex. It's designed that you, you can have your dwarves and your elves and your humans and all fight together under the same city. And this is essentially what this book is as well, which, you know, by definition, a soup codex is not a bad thing. So, you know, don't lose any sleep over that. But the difference is, is that Cities of Sigmar actually has a lot of specialization that you can do with it. You could go all dwarves if you wanted, and there are multiple units of dwarves. You could go all elves, and there are multiple units of elves. Now, with some exceptions, like the assassins, whatever they're called, the one with the hero that is an assassin, all he has is Dark Riders and himself. That's it. And that's their whole little mini faction there. A couple of those are very scant. But the humans have a huge section, the elves have a huge section, and the dwarves have a sizable section. And then there's some, a couple minor things uh, here and there. The point is, is that if you are interested in soup, that's totally fine, and that's totally fine in this book, Soul Blight Gravelords, as well. But the difference is, is if you wanted to use the Cities of Sigmar book, which is here's how I usually play it, is I want to have a theme for my army. So I'm going to take all of just human units, or I'm going to take all just elf units, or I'm going to do whatever like that. And I find that if you think about like a, the depth of each faction inside of Cities of Sigmar, there is quite a bit of depth. I mean, obviously humans, I think, are the largest faction, and then elves would be the second largest, but they have a lot of depth in options for each thing. If you want to go cavalry route, well, damn, there's four or five cavalry units. You want to do monsters? There's multiple monsters. You want to go just one race, like elves or dwarves? You can do that. There's tons of options there. Um, there's artillery. There's there's a ton of options in Cities of Sigmar, and I find that to be a far better book than this for choice. One of my chief complaints about this Soul Blight Gravelords Codex 
is that there is tons of choice in unit options. It is a soup codex, but the depth is so shallow, you better not dive in it because you are going to be wheelchair bound or dead. The like, for instance, let's say I want to go all vampires. All right. I have about eight vampire options and then blood knights. Oh, okay. Well, then I guess to stretch that out, I'll include vampires and bats. All right. Well, then that should be a sizable army. I've got about eight vampire characters, blood knights, vargeists, and fell bats. Oh, okay. They even took out the bat swarms, which is one of my favorite units. They took out bat swarms out of this from Legions of Nagash, and that's going to lead into something in the future. But I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on that thought. Um, they included a bunch of new characters in here, which is fine. But once again, Age of Sigmar is getting so character heavy. Um, let's say I want to go wolves then, okay? There's a new wolf character. His name is called The Beast or whatever. I'm not even going to look up his name because whatever. But there's two versions of him where he's like still a human or still a vampire. And then one where he's like enhanced or whatever he it's his next level where he becomes this beast beast um if you want to just do wolves that's totally fine what do we have for that well um we have rudicar the wolf and we have rudicar the beast you can't take them at the same time because one is the empowered version and one is the normal dude version all right that's fine um there's another issue i'm going to touch on in just a second about rudicar the wolf but what can you normally take in this army if you're just going to do wolves? Just stick with wolves, man, because the vampires and the bats only have so many options. Let's do the wolves. What do you have? Well, I'm looking through the book. I'm sure I'm going to get to the wolves here soon. Um, oh, dire wolves. So if I want to do a whole wolf army, I can take Rudicar and dire wolves. Wow, that is... That is some serious depth here. Okay, you know what? Screw that. Screw vampires and screw wolves, okay? I just want to go skellies. That's what I want to do. So, what do I have for skeleton options? Oh, well, I got two characters. I got Black Knights, which was an existing unit. Grave Guard, which is an existing unit. And then regular Death Rattle Skeletons, an existing unit. So, you're telling me if I want to go all skeletons, I've got two heroes... One cavalry, two infantry. Well, I guess it's better than wolves. I mean, it's not it's not great, but I guess it's better than wolves. Um, I hope it's abundantly clear that this is a problem, that all of the options are so shallow. So being that the options are all so shallow, it forces you to take soup, which is, I mean, fine, sure, but it's really not what I wanted to do. And I'm not just salty because, oh, this codex isn't what I hoped it would be. I mean, I'm disappointed for sure. But I'm not going to whine just because a codex is not to my liking. My problem is, is this codex comes off as not really anything in particular. You know, you go play Bone Reapers, right? You're going to have a bunch of Bone Reapers on the field. You play Cities of Sigmar. You're going to have, you know, a bunch of different people on the field, but you could have all the same people, all humans, all dwarves, all elves on the field. Um, you're going to play cast Space Marines, and you're either going to have demons or humans, but it's all in the same vein, the same theme. I don't really feel that with this codex. I just feel like it's kind of a smattering of different undead things, and 
Apparently, the lore still supports the fact that basically a vampire is the head of the whole army, and that's that. But I feel like it's such a missed opportunity, especially when they remade the skeletons, they remade the zombies and all of that. I feel like this was a real opportunity to add some vampire units in the game. But wait a second. They just made new vampire units. Oh yeah, remember uh, Cursed City had those vampires that I was talking about that I loved so much, the Var- Virkos Bloodborne. Remember those glass cannon people? Well, they're in this book. Fantastic. Okay, well, I can take them as a unit. That's that's really awesome. You flip in the back of the book, and for no apparent reason, they have taken every single one of the units that were in Cursed City. They've put them in this book, but you cannot take them individually. You can only take them as a 755-point cluster, almost like a detachment or a war scroll battalion. And if they were all themed the same way, then I would be all for it. Let's say that everything that came in Cursed City was all wolves, or it was all vampires, or it was all one thing. You know what? That's totally fine. That's totally fine. But no, um... Let me tell you what's in this. If you For your 755 points, now I'm not saying it's not worth the points, but what I'm saying is there's no direction, which is what I find this whole book to be. It, ha- it lacks direction. So, Rudikar the wolf, which is the human form, not the beast form of him, uh, he is in the Cursed City box, so you get him, which means you can't take the beast form of him. Then you've got Gorslav the Gravekeeper. Oh my god, that's an awesome model. I love it so much. But he's got to be taken in this giant unit. And, oh wow, he actually supports Deadwalkers, the zombies. So he would be awesome if you wanted to take an all-zombie list with a Necromancer and Gorslav the Gravekeeper and zombies and a corpse cart. Oh, but you can only take him with all of these other people for 755 points. Okay, I guess. Whatever. Um, Here's Torgilius the Chamberlain, right? He's basically just a regular wizard. He actually doesn't really support anything in particular. Um, he supports Rudikar the wolf, actually. But that's about it. So he's like a lieutenant model. Okay, that's boring. Here's the Virkos the Bloodborne. These three models, the vampires that are on the pillars, right? And, I mean, they're moderately okay for as far as a unit. But you can't take them as a separate unit. You have to include them in this giant group. So, here's an elite vampire unit. I finally got my wish that wasn't Blood Knights, and I have a 755-point tax attached to him. Okay. Hey, wow, here's a named here's a named skeleton lord, right? A skeleton white king. That's awesome. Watch Captain Halgrim. Oh, yeah, I can't take this with my all-skeleton army because he's part of this giant group. Okay. Oh, here we are, the Vargaskir, right? The big... Vargolf-looking monster. Remember that thing? That was awesome. A big feral bat-looking werewolf thing. Yeah, that's really neat. He's actually got some pretty neat abilities, and he's kind of a tank. But I can't take him in my bat army or my wolf army because he's part of this giant detachment. Hey, look, Rudikar has uh, bodyguards. That's really cool. You could include these bodyguards in your wolf army. Oh, no, the wolf... Oh, no, these guards are just still part of that giant group. Wow. 
So you see what they do is they've been doing this with the Underworld stuff where they take the whole Underworld's Kill Team warband and they make it one unit. Well, that's fine because that's like 200 points and it's five models and they... I mean, they're usually pretty garbage in the game and nobody takes this unit, but still, you have the option to take the Underworld's thing in all these Age of Sigmar books and that's all fine and well, but those are small points. So if I wanted to you know, pepper in that one unit for 200 points, eh, whatever. They usually come with a wizard and some kind of sort of neat people. Whatever, that's fine. So, but if you've got a 755-point group of people you have to take as a group, and it involves a wolf-themed leader, which by himself would be pretty cool if you could take him in an all-wolf group, but you can't, so that's kind of crappy. And then it includes a zombie support guy um the gravekeeper oh my god that's awesome but you can't just throw him in by himself then the elite vampires but you can't throw them in by themselves and then another wizard and then oh a named skeleton guy and the big vargas gear and the battle you get what i'm saying this is very frustrating that i don't know why they would do that to be honest with you because any one of those things if they would just break them up and give them their own points then that's actually pretty cool. Like, you you could actually give these units, or put these units in a themed army of all wolves or all zombies or all vampires. That's actually pretty cool. But being that you have to take them all together, it's like there's no direction in what you're making me take. And this is a good 50% to, you know, one-third of my army list is going to be this smattering of different random named characters and some elite vampires. What makes it even worse is that I thought to myself, well, you know what? Um, It would be kind of cool if you could somehow take two of these. If you bought two Cursed Cities and boxes and you could have two units of those three elite vampires, two units of the bodyguards. No, every one of these units are unique, so you can only have one of them. To be honest with you, I think they really screwed the pooch on this codex. This is a messy, uh, directionless gaggle of units. And sure, you can make some units, uh, some lists of just one thing like skeletons. It's going to be a really boring list and you're going to have to max out on three of each unit or whatever. But you can do it. But I just find that it doesn't have nearly the legs as far as replayability and diversity and change and all that. And I'm, I'm coming from the point where I've got a hundred painted zombies. I have 60 painted skeletons. I've got 20 grave guard painted, a corpse cart painted, a coven throne painted, um, a terror geist painted, two vampire lords painted. I mean, I have a fully painted army for this book and I have direwolves painted. I have vargeists painted. The only thing I don't have out of this is um, blood knights because I've never liked them. But you see, my point is that I already have all this pre-painted, and I'm already bored with this army because just I can't theme it the way I want and do different things with it because it somewhat forces you to just soup everything together. 
And I don't like, I feel like the whole point of a codex would be that it gives you options. Not that it tells you how to play, but it says, hey, you can play all melee. Hey, you can play all ranged. Hey, you can play all magic. Hey, you can play all cavalry. And there should be multiple builds out of every codex. So something else that bothers me about this is, I feel another way that they've dropped the ball in this codex is that they just introduced in this codex a vampire called the Rat Prince or something like that, right? A named character, a unique named character, and his whole motif is rats. His name is Kritza the Rat Prince. Okay, that's really cool. So we're going to have some rats or something, right? Oh, you would think that because Cursed City actually came with swarms of rats. Rat swarms. That's really neat. So you know that you can theme an army with a bunch of rat swarms and Kritza because he's the rat prince, right? No, no, no. The rat swarms are not even in this book, despite them putting the research and the money and the production into making these rat swarms for Cursed City. I guess they had no intention of actually making them units in the the Soulblight book. But why did you even bother to put the Rat Prince in here? Why did you even bother to design this character if rats are going to be playing no part in your codex? And do you remember the thing I mentioned earlier, how I used to love bat swarms? I loved them. I had a whole bat army, actually. I have a vampire lord that looks like a bat. I've got my terrorgeist. Um, I've got, um, like, 18 vargeists. I've got... Um, probably a dozen fell bats and I had probably a dozen bat swarms. I love playing them. I just like playing all bats. I had a backstory for it and everything. Well, bat swarms are not in this codex and you're thinking, oh, cause they're gonna, okay. They're just trying to phase out the really old models. Cause fell bats got new models, blood knights and zombies and the skeletons. They all got new models. So you, they just really don't want those ugly old bat swarms in the book. I totally understand. Wait a second, Cursed City just came with Bat Swarm models. Brand new Bat Swarm models, along with the Rat Swarm models. And neither of those are in this book. It's it's almost like they intentionally wanted to have an extremely shallow book. And to be honest with you, I mean, a lot of these units can put in some work and a lot of neat synergies and all that. It's not a terrible book, but I feel like this book is not up to the level of polish and production value that we've seen a lot of times. Now, of course, the images are beautiful, the writing's beautiful, the book is gorgeous. I mean, the actual physical production quality of this is great, but I feel like this is really a lot of ideas and many of them go nowhere. And I don't know why that is. If you're going to design all these new models and put them into production just for some board game, wouldn't it make a ton more sense to do what you often do and sell models individually, like with Blackstone Fortress for 40k? They did that with the Man of Iron and the all those things. They even have points and stuff for the characters and whatnot. Um, you can play those things in 40k as individual units. They may not be good or whatever, but you could theme an army with them. But here, they make a board game and they make all new models for it, and then they don't take the opportunity to put the new models in the new book. Even though you've got a rat prince, and you just made rat swarms. But please, don't put the rat swarms in here. I don't know, man. I am I am pretty, pretty irritated with this book. Um, 
I, I'm sure it's going to be good competitively. It seems like there's a lot of neat stuff. I love the new models. The new zombies are great. The new dire wolves are great. All of this is great. I'm glad that they're going a little more with the wolf theme, but it's not far enough. You just have wolves. You have wolves and Rudicar, and there's some other guy too. There's one other guy. Like, it's just so frustrating. If you were to take Rudicar the wolf and, and his two bodyguards as like an Underworlds style unit, well, sure, whatever. But that would be like 250 points or something. It wouldn't be 755 points. So basically, they're making all of these models unplayable because you you would have to invest 755 points in this big group of people. And then to make any of them worth it, you would have to include dire wolves because Rudicar buffs them and whatnot. You'd have to include dire wolves in your group. Then you'd have to include zombies in your group for the gravekeeper guy. And the zombies really are not very good unless they're heavily buffed. So the zombies have to be buffed by either the corpse cart or something else, which you have to include in your list. And then you've got a wizard here, the Chamberlain guy, which is kind of not real any, any point to him. I guess I'm rambling, but it's very, very irritating that it seems like this book was not well thought out. It's beautiful. It's got a lot of cool new models and things like that. But they've done several baffling things with this book, and I don't understand. It almost reminds me of old GW, where they would do things that made absolutely no sense. It was like they didn't put any thought into it. So my final thought for this is that I was talking with my buddy TJ, and it seems to me like we very well may see a new Soul Blight Gravelords book here in the next six months or the next year, just like they did with Lumineth Realm Lords. Because, why on earth would you include a rat prince and not include those rat swarms? Why on earth would you make new bat swarm models and not include them in a vampire army? Why would you do this? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And I do truly believe, or at least I have a strong hunch, that we're going to get another codex here in the next year, and it's going to suddenly include all those things that they omitted. And it's got it kind of stinks of the whole Lumineth Realm Lords thing, where... You bought a codex, and then six months later, oh yeah, here's the other half of your army, buy a new codex. And I'm truly hoping they don't start with this BS, because buying one codex every year is bad enough, buying two codexes a year is ridiculous. So, um, that is my review of this book. I think it's been entirely mishandled, and it's very shallow. Tons and tons of options, but no depth whatsoever if you want to actually theme an army. If you're fine with soup then that's great, I guess. But it's just, it's so silly. Anyway, sorry if this was too negative. Um, so I am, I'm not BSing you when I say that I am actually selling my uh, Soul Blight Gravelord's Army for the second time because this book does not do anything for me. And uh, I played one game with it with a bunch of zombies and the zombies coming back I find to be extremely tedious. And I do know that this army will probably work well on the field. But I just, it's not something I'm interested in, especially being that they've not taken half of the opportunities that they set up for themselves to expand this and give you more depth. They just didn't go after it at all. So, boo. Oh, one more thing that I forgot about. They do that thing where Games Workshop sometimes runs out of ideas and they just keep using the same ability over and over and over and over. Um, the famous example that I always like to give is the um, Death Guard 
book that came out a couple years ago. I don't know if the current book is like this. I haven't played against them in a while. But everything was around Deathless Save. Everything was a modifier to Deathless Save or re-rolling Deathless Save or, you know, whatever. And it's like, dude, I get it. That's that's one of the gimmicks of the army, but it should not be the entire gimmick. It used to be able to, um, in 8th edition, it was possible to make it ridiculous with their Deathless Saves because of the the pluses to them and the re-rolls to them and the all this. They did the same thing with um, Grave Lords. I noticed there's like three or four different ways to give one unit plus one attack. And one of them is like a combat ability, or one's an artifact, or one's a command ability, or or whatever it is. Um, is it one of the... I don't think it's one of the corpse carts, but anyway. It's another one of those easy buttons they picked for this army. And they just kept pressing the button, and pressing the button. Oh man, we gotta come up with another ability. Oh, you know what? Give the whole unit one extra attack within 12 inches. Okay, cool. Uh, oh man... Man, there's another blank spot in this book. Uh, what should we do for it? Oh, you know what? Just give the whole unit a plus one attack within um, eight inches. Oh, okay. Oh, man. There's a... <laughs> it's like They just kept doing it. And you can really... I mean, zombies done well can have a four-up save on the first turn. If you take the right chapter ability and the corpse cart and... Uh, the blood throne and whatever. So it's just, I hate when they get repetitive and they're just like, Oh, easy button, easy button, easy button. And it makes, once again, it makes the army very samey and it limits the number of options you have for that army, which all I want is options. I don't even want stuff to be particularly good. I just want options. I want to be able to play this way. And then I want to be able to play that way. And that's basically what I want. Oh, uh, one last thing. I'm selling my army, not out of a rage quit because I'm mad. It's not making me happy. It's not what I want. It's not reason. That's not the reason why I'm selling the army. The reason why I'm selling the army is because I looked at this book. I realized it is not at all what I want. And it's been a long time since I played with this army anyway. And they come out with a brand new book and it's not to my liking. And then I look at my other 30 armies I have and I'm like, you know what? I am not going to get around to playing this army, and that's why I'm selling it. So don't think it's like a rage quit sort of I'm angry selling the army. Um, I wouldn't do that, but I've just realized that there is no way I'm going to play this army. Anyway, sorry if this was super negative, but I uh, just had to get this off my chest. Thank you to GameAt.eu for supporting the show, and thank you to my beautiful, sexy, good-smelling Patreon patrons, and I will see you next week.